Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Tribe. This is episode number four. I'm your host, Jason Lukite. When last we met, I was making a mad dash back from the West Coast to try to get to U.S. Cellular Field to see the Tribe and White Sox play two. Uh, that turned out to be an incredible doubleheader, the longest doubleheader in Major League history without extra innings. I think it was seven hours, 53 minutes worth of baseball, and uh, the Indians took them both. It was a, a long night, but uh, a lot of fun. The Indians ended up swept, sweeping that series, taking all four, uh, their first four-game sweep in Chicago since 1948, uh, putting them into first place. Uh, since then, they split a couple games with the Royals. Uh, Jason Kipnis was named American League Player of the Week. He's been on an incredible tear. And then yesterday was named the American League Player of the Month for June. Um Right now, we're recording on the 4th of July, so happy 4th of July. The Indians are about to start their rubber match with the Royals in a little while. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, half a game back of Detroit, and tomorrow, a huge four-game series with the Tigers starting back in Cleveland. Um, yeah, I mean, both teams uh, playing pretty well right now. The Tigers slumping a little bit, but seem to be turning it back around. And uh, you don't want to put too much emphasis on one series, but four games with first place on the line just before the All-Star break. Uh, you know, July baseball doesn't get much bigger than that. So to talk about that series, my guest this week is going to be the co-managing editor of Bless You Boys, which is SB Nation's Tigers blog, or our sister blog for Detroit. Uh, my guest is Al Beaton. Welcome to the show, Al. Well, thanks for having me on, Jason. Always uh Hold on one second. I'm having a little trouble hearing you. I can hear you, but you're very faint. I'm going to see if I can do something with the audio on my end. All right, no problem. I'll check anything as well. Let's see. Rookie blogging problems. Huh, I don't see what there is to do. Um. see all right does that help any oh that's fantastic that that yep all that right. a huge difference perfect all right, welcome cool. all right thanks for joining no me you have a uh, fourth of july plans for later today uh, i got uh four large new york uh strips uh getting ready to go right now actually so uh yeah oh, yes we do cool. and then of course we have the tigers game tonight and i do almost all the recaps for bless you boys so that'll be my evening Good. And are you in the Detroit area or? Yes, actually, I'm the only uh, editor for Bless You Boys, only writer that 
I actually lives in the area. I'm in uh, I'm in the I'm in Oakland County, about a half hour north of Detroit. Actually, I'm out by the palace. So, uh, but okay. it's interesting that just in today's internet, you know, you don't have to live in the area where your team plays to give good coverage. Right. Yeah. I I grew up in Chicago. I've lived in Chicago most of my life, and sort of became an mm-hmm. Indians fan to the fluke of them being my T-ball team when I was a little kid, and that was <laughs> late. That was late 80s, so following the, being an Indians fan then basically meant looking for their baseball cards and checking the box score in the newspaper in the morning. I don't know that I actually exactly. watched the Indians play on TV until, you know, four or five years later or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, it really is a different world today. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's great, and we're doing this, so, hey. Yeah, exactly. Technology. <laughs> how about you? When did you? When and how did you become a Tigers fan? Oh, I, I've lived in the uh, Southeast Michigan my entire life, and I became. My dad had uh, this company had season tickets for uh, back at the old Tiger Stadium. You know, we're talking early seventies at this point. It kind of gives you a hint at how old I am. And uh, <laughs> I've, I've been a Tigers fan my entire life through thick and thin. And there's been a, quite a bit of thin, especially in the seventies and. Uh, uh, pretty much uh, that period between 1987 and 2006. So, but well, yeah, I've been a huge yeah, Tiger fan my entire life. Good. Um, so, how are you feeling about the Tigers this year, right now? To be honest, I actually am feeling pretty good about them. You know, even though the fan base is uh, uh, in an uproar as of late because the Tigers had a uh, losing streak, leading to lost seven of eight, which allowed the, at the same time as the Indians were on a roll, which allowed them to move back in the first place. But overall, right. I, I really can't be too upset about the Tigers. One, because Miguel Cabrera, obviously, and two, that yep. starting pitching is absolutely awesome. You know, even though they've had a little few struggles over the last couple of weeks, uh, the Tigers starting pitching is, if not the best in major league baseball, it's one of the top three, uh, so, but with, and of course, uh, the bullpen is finally starting to sort things out now that the whole Dave Alverde experiment has ended, and they've actually it looks like they found a closer in Joaquin Benoit and decided on a role for Bruce Marlin. Yeah, do you? I, I was reading, I think just this morning, that Valverde he plans on being back in Detroit in two or three <laughs> weeks. Do you think that'll happen, or do you think he's done? Uh, if it, if it's true, uh, there's going to be a revolt in Detroit. I just tend to think it's wishful thinking because I really don't think the Tigers made any kind of promises as to when he would be coming back, if at all. Because uh, even when he was at least converting a few saves when the experiment first started in April, uh, what he was doing was pretty much unsustainable. He was getting a hit. He was just, you know, uh, the defense was actually just making plays behind him. His splitter has pretty much disappeared, and that was his outfish. If he can't throw the splitter, he's not a, a major league pitcher anymore. And as people saw over the last month, he is no longer a major league pitcher. That's wishful thinking on his part. Yeah, that's why I tend to think the same thing. And I feel like for for maybe the casual fan especially, there's nothing worse than losing a game at the end, you know, a blown save. I think that's what mm-hmm. fans take the hardest. Um, so I think fans have a really hard time with bad bad closers. And, yeah, like you said, I, I can't imagine the Tiger fan base would be happy to see him in Detroit again. Uh, but, yeah, you're talking about the rotation. Mm-hmm. I think the Tigers have the best rotation in baseball. Certainly, you know, if Sanchez is coming back this weekend, and if he's back to where he was before, I mean, they, to me, I think back to, you know, those Atlanta Braves rotations of the 90s when they had Maddox and Smoltz and Glavin and guys like that. It's just 
an unbelievable set of guys and a few until the last couple of starts, Rick Priscello had really been pitching well too. And it felt like they had five well above mm-hmm. average pitchers. I know he's tailed back off a little bit the last couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, a really strong rotation. Um, oh, I remember yeah. I, I last totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm you know, gonna they're, add they're, that, uh, I'm sorry. I was just going to add that even though Matt Scherzer has the gaudy one loss record, uh, you're right in saying Annabelle Sanchez has been the Tigers' best pitcher this year. Right. And, yeah, and, you know, and Scherzer at this point has thrown a lot of innings, too, and, you know, credit for that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think mm-hmm. Sanchez, you know, maybe the best pitcher in the American League before he got hurt this season. I'm certainly hoping he takes a little while to shake the rust off. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, definitely. I, I tend to – it doesn't sound like you're – overly concerned about, you know, the recent struggles. And I feel the same way. I think the Tigers have the most talent in the division. But I look at last season, too, and it felt like, you know, they certainly had the most talent last year, too, and they kind of stumbled along and then got their act together the last few weeks. And I think it was only, what, like the third to last day of the season before they finally overtook the White Sox. Uh, it seems like they're they're at least maybe going to let it be interesting for a while, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, you're right, um, and, uh, and people forget that the White Sox did stumble badly in September. Yes. And, uh, the Tigers Tigers played good baseball, admittedly, but the White Sox were god-awful and helped hand the division yeah, I mean, to the Tigers last Right. If they had been a 500 team in September, they would have won the division. Exactly. Um, all right, so the, the series starts tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's a mistake to put too much on a regular season series in July because, you know, countless times in baseball, a team sweeps a big series and everyone feels like, oh, you know, the race is over. And two weeks later, they're right. In fact, I think last year the Tigers swept the White Sox at one point in maybe August. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, oh, well, there they go. They're going to run away with it now. Yeah. And they didn't. Um, at the same time, you know, teams in first and second place, four games, you know, it, it's still a big deal, don't you think? Oh yeah, it's it's it's. But I think it's a bigger deal for the fans and the media more so for the team. So they more than anybody, they realize uh, it's a long season and you're not going to win the division, you know, in early July. Uh, right. But it's still, you know, it's it, it is a big deal in that you know you want to kind of you want to go into the All Star break in good shape, and right. you know, really the the winner of the series will be in far better shape than the other at least going into the final week before the All Star break. Right. But, uh, you're you're right. It's not a you know a make or break. It's, the end season is over if you get swept kind of series. But right. you know you don't want to get swept. You just want to you know come out, especially the Tigers' case. They're on the road. They, if they get a split, I'm thrilled, and uh, that's all I'm really rooting for. Yeah, that makes sense. It's been a, a pretty active week for the Tigers with uh, action in Toronto. I know last night there was uh, I think it was Colby Rasmus. He got hit by mm-hmm. a pitch, didn't he? And then going into – and I have no idea if it was related to him getting hit or not. I didn't see the game, so I don't really know the sequence of events that well. But he got hit by a pitch and then a pretty maybe dirty slide into second base that took out Omar Infante. And Infante is going to be out for at least today. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. And you pretty much have the chain of events right. The, but Rasmus was hit in the foot, so it wasn't like uh, the Tigers were on headhunting for him or anything like that. Well, what, and what happened in the uh, fifth inning is that Rasmus was on first base. Uh, double, uh, it wasn't really even going to be a double play. The ball was hit too slowly. Uh, Johnny Peralta got the, uh, made the toss to Infante, the Tiger second baseman, 
And Rasmus came in very late. I mean, he was—he he didn't hit the dirt until he was beyond second base, and spikes very, very high. He clipped right. Infante in the in the leg. It looked a lot more serious, you know, right immediately after the play. In that, you know, Infante laid on the ground for for a few minutes and had to be helped off the field. Uh, X-rays are negative. Infante has a, uh, as they're calling it, a contusion of the left shin, which means a large bruise, I'm sure. But he's going to miss today, and I would not be surprised if he maybe misses a game or two of the Cleveland series, which is a huge loss for the Tigers because Infante has really solidified the right side of the Tigers' infield defense, which was a which was god awful last year. Plus, Infante's been hitting around 300 all season long. So if he can't yeah, play, absolutely. that's a big plus for the uh, Indians. And do you what's your personal philosophy on uh, beanings or retaliation pitching? You know, I, I can't imagine Verlander is going to hit anyone today. There's too much risk of him getting ejected. But uh, do you want the Tigers to get some sort of payback, or do you sort of see it as just move on? Well, as Joe Madden uh, tweeted after the uh, uh, the fracas the in in Tampa with uh, Rick Porcello. Hitting, uh, doing the retaliation of hitting right. uh, was it Ben Zoprist after uh, the night before uh, Fernando Rodney went high and tight with Miguel Cabrera. Uh, obviously, Sandy I mean, not sorry, that's it. Uh, Porcello ended up getting get, got a six game suspension pending appeal. And you're right, the Tigers right. can't risk any more uh, losing of any, anybody for that matter. I mean, they have a few guys on the, on the disabled list. Porcello is going to ultimately miss at least one start. And there's, I don't think there's any question about that. And right. as I was going to say, as Joe Madden tweeted after the uh, race series, you know, I suggest you read Mario Puzo's The Godfather, I think, referring to a, a revenge <laughs> is a, a disperser cold to that effect, essentially saying victory is the best revenge. And in this case, I think fans are more afraid of losing another player, of maybe somebody getting hurt to the point where, you know, revenge does not have to happen tonight. If they want to get back at Rasmus, wait till next year, you know, then, or whenever the next time the Tigers play the uh, the Blue Jays. And I'm, I'm, I kind of fall on that train. You know, if, uh, uh, saying that's baseball, uh, you, know, at the, you know, with the kind of uh, money that's being thrown around and how important, uh, well, you know, baseball has become when it comes to, uh, well, let me put it this way. I don't want to see it be in World War. I don't want to see anybody get ejected. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. This is not the 1950s anymore. You know, if you have an issue with it, you know, throw it at his feet. <laughs> you know, don't yeah, it I, I feel the same way. I, I don't like retaliation pitches. I, I understand it's sort of the, the long-running culture of the game, but I don't mm-hmm. like seeing guys get thrown at. I know there the yeah. uh Carlos Carrasco was suspended uh after hitting I can't remember who it was and I want to say maybe Kevin Euclid. Uh mm-hmm. and a lot of Indians fans were in an uproar feeling like, Oh, you know, he got suspended so quickly just because of what happened before and I think some people you know, I think every fan base there's a lot of people who feel like their team gets targeted and it's unfair. I was happy to see Purcell get suspended just to feel like you know, if a guy's throwing at someone intentionally, he needs to be suspended. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I wouldn't expect the Tigers to do anything about it today. As you said, there's there's too much risk of someone missing time, and they're not in a position where they can afford that. And then Miguel yeah. Cabrera. And the Tigers brought also- this upon themselves. Let me just add this, that Jim Leland, after uh, Cabrera got, uh, was, was got uh, brushed back, 
Jim Leland all but right. set the stage for suspension when he went with, we will not, this is not acceptable, uh, and <laughs> right. we can take that to the bank, essentially uh, guaranteeing there's going to be retaliation. So it wasn't yeah. like uh, Porcello took things into his own hands. And, and as you said, they're not going to do it this time. Major League Baseball has watched them pretty closely. And, and as you said, the Tigers can't afford to lose Justin Verlander. And Cabrera is sitting out today also. Is that right? Yeah, he tweaked his back uh, yes, no, two days ago, making a, uh, uh, making a play on defense. And he, uh, he was removed from uh, last night's game in the ninth inning. So, and after the game, uh, Jim Leland said he, we're going to sit him for at least a game to rest his back. And this has kind of been an ongoing thing in Cabrera's career. It's not a, nothing serious, but it's one of those things that a cares he flares up and, uh, you know, sitting for a game usually seems to take care of it. So, uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like the Indians are going to miss Cabrera. At least, unfortunately for you guys, I should say. <laughs> Shoot, that, that's what I was hoping that maybe he'd you know take a weekend off to get himself ready. <laughs> we do. We, we miss Verlander, and I know he's he, you know he's he hasn't been you know all caps Verlander his last few starts, but he's still mm-hmm. the pitcher I'm the most afraid of. Uh, are are you concerned at all about him, or do you think you know he'll be right back to what he's been? Honestly, not uh, that concerned at all. Uh, a couple reasons why. The velocity is still there. You know, people have been claiming, oh, his velocity is down. But he can still touch 97, 98 whenever he wants to. And also, people tend to forget before he started into the stretch where he started, you know, where the ERA took off, where it's in the 3.8 right now, uh, right. Verlander had a one had like a 1.5 ERA. So, you know, yeah. it wasn't like he was getting shelled all season long. And Verlander himself right. has said, it's a mechanical issue. We think we spotted it. And in his last start, he allowed only two runs in eight, in eight innings. So, uh, you know, and he wasn't quite, the, you know, the lights out Verlander because he's still in. I think he walked four guys, scattered nine hits. But he's, I think he's getting there. And I'm not – it's way too soon to think it's, it, this is very Zito over again, you know, signing the, the huge long-term contract and he's going to suck for the next six years. I don't see that happening, at least not yet, that's for sure. I think he'll be right. fine. Uh, he, you know, people do have to remember Verlander had a, this is coming off a couple career, a couple years where uh, there it was at a level where very few pitchers reached in their careers. That may be Verlander's career years, and he may not reach that level again. But he's still going to be a damn good pitcher. Yeah, I agree. I, I, anytime you have a contract that big to a pitcher, there's a lot of risk of him falling apart before it's over. But he's been mm-hmm. unbelievable the last two years. And I think if you're going to give that kind of contract to to someone, he's as good a bet as anyone. He signed for a long time. Prince Fielder signed for a long time. I was looking this morning. Uh, I think Peralta and Infante are three agents after this year, and Scherzer's got one more. But really the, the, the core of the team is, is all locked up, other than those guys, for at least another you know, two or three years. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they seem well, well positioned to continue to, you know, to, to be the bully of the division. Um, and it, it's been a while since they were you know, the team. Uh, I, I mean, as you were yeah. saying, I think in 87 they won the division. They, and yeah, lost pretty much – yeah, say about 83 to 87, 88, the Tigers were uh, – if you put the record together, they had the best overall record in baseball, but they only won the one World Series in 84. Right. So it's been a while since they've had – you know, they made the World Series 06, is that right? Yeah, 06, and obviously yeah, last year, but they only managed to win right, one game. Right, and then back last year, yeah, they – Out of those, so. 
Yeah, but, well, uh, I can... Let's just... Mm-hmm. Well, I no, just go ahead. add this. As you mentioned, the Tigers are... No, they have locked up some of their players. Obviously, Verlander's locked up long-term. Prince Fielder's on it. Got a monstrous contract. Still has like nine years left to go. Uh, but there, there are some things that they have to worry about. Specifically, uh, Miguel Cabrera, who uh, he's got... I believe he comes a free agent in 2015... Uh, he's going to be worth uh, a scary amount of money. And, and also, right. Max Scherzer, he's got another year coming. But yeah, uh, he's at the point right now, he's got Scott Boris as his agent. And uh, he's, uh, if, he, if he has another, if he finishes off this year the way he started uh, you know, this season plus next year, we're talking about a guy who's going to get a $100 million contract. And let's not forget, Anibal Sanchez signed for five years, $80 million. So the Tigers right. already have a lot of money tied up, so there's a lot of concern that they, they may have Scherzer for one more year and they may allow him to walk just because as much money as the Tigers have been shelling out in contracts, uh, they aren't the New York Yankees. You know, this is a team that, you know, the, the media market's like 10 or 11 in the country. You know, it's a big market, but not the type of market that's going to uh, uh, indefinitely handle, you know, a $150, $160 million payroll. So, uh, the Tigers are going to have some issues, but it's going to be a couple years down the road. So, as you said, their window is this year and next year. That's where they're aiming to finally go in the World Series for their owner, Mike Gillich, who's pretty much at this point using his personal money uh, to show right. off for, uh, for these contracts. You know, all those little pieces of pizzas have made him a, you know, a very, very rich man. <laughs> but uh, even though even the Tigers are drawing $3 million a year, $3 million up, uh, 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 a tenants of $3 million a year, no, real the, the payroll they have right now I, is really unsustainable, and they're going to have some decisions to make when Scherzer's due and Cabrera's due for contracts. So, no, the, the window is short, about two years right now. Yeah, I know as an outsider, the, the sort of perception I have is, as you said, Illich is sort of willing to spend out of pocket because he wants to win a World Series, and then exactly. in some sense that, you know, once he's gone, whenever that may be, that the purse strings will be – pretty severely tightened in some ways they're, I mean, they're, they're reminiscent of the mid to late nineties Indians. Uh, I mean, they have, yes. you know, great hitting and great pitching. Um, and, but, but, but right. They're not going to be able to, to maintain a, a top five, top six payroll indefinitely. And so, you know, you, yeah, you have, you know, maybe a five year window that they're in year three of or something like that. And mm-hmm. you got to see, and unfortunately for the Indians, you, you get to the world series twice and, Neither of them quite breaks your way, and the window shuts. Um, but the AL Central certainly should be ripe for the taking for a while. The, the Twins, I think, have put together a really impressive farm team or farm system, but mm-hmm. that's at least a couple of years away from paying off. And the White Sox, I think, probably finally have to go into some sort of major rebuild this year, um, yeah. which for the Indians is is nice too. You know, it feels like for a team that doesn't have a big payroll. You know, they're in a window where there's only one big team in the division where they sort of need things to go right if they're going to beat that team. But otherwise, it's kind of a nice spot to be in, other than, you know, playing in like the AL East for poor Tampa, who's done a fantastic job, mm-hmm. but what they've got to try to overcome. Um, so w- when the Tigers mm-hmm. are playing, do you follow, do you, how much do you follow non-Tigers baseball? 
I, somewhat, but it's kind of hard being I'm the main recapper for Bless You Boys, so right. I'll probably end up recapping about 140 or so games this year. So it's kind of hard for me to uh, really, you know, to get a handle on on what on uh, what what else is going on in uh, in Major League Baseball. You know, obviously I follow it and I, wa- I watch as much as I can. It's not Tigers related, but pretty much every night of my summer is uh, right. is recapping Tigers. So. What what I do get to see of other teams is when they play the Tigers. Sure. Are there so bring it back to the Indians for a couple of minutes? Is there are there yeah hitters on the Indians that concern you more or pitchers? I mean, is there anyone well, who jumps as, out as at you? As a Tigers you fan, we all hate Jason Kipnis. And while as a Tigers fan, we all hate Jason Kipnis. You know, he's one of those guys <laughs> that always seems to have monster games against the Tigers, and. Uh, but really, though, the Indians, they do have a very impressive lineup, you know, you know, especially the guys they picked up. You know, Schwisher and Bourne have really picked, picked things up. You know, was it, uh, Mark Reynolds is playing well. So, you know, the offense is there, and it's enough to, you know, the concern Tigers fans. They, what, what Tigers fans have an issue with believing why they don't really buy the Indians completely and as a uh, divisional threat is the pitching staff, specifically the starting rotation. Uh, that's – I. You know, if the, somehow the tribe could solidify that rotation a little bit, you know, and, and more than just uh, Obaldi Jimenez realizing, you know, that, you know, that maybe he's back pitching in Colorado or something. You know, he did have a stretch this year where he looked very, very good again. Uh, right. If they can find another starting pitcher or two, that would make a huge difference in their chances. But everybody wants starting pitching, and uh, that's ultimately going to be the difference. The, the Indians just cannot outpitch the Tigers when it comes to the starting rotation, and I think that's ultimately going to be the difference even though the Indians do have a very, very good offense that can compete with the Tigers. Yeah, I, I think the pitching staff is why a lot of Indians fans have trouble believing in the Indians. Um, that's certainly at Let's Go Tribe, but there's always the most discussion about in game threads and comments is, you know, who believes in this pitcher or that pitcher. You know, some guys who really think Ubaldo's putting it together this year and other people are like, yeah. no, he's just not as awful as he was last year, but he's still not any good. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah other, you're right. Let me, you, are they, uh, let me ask you, are they? Let me ask you, are Indians fans buying into Scott Kazmir because he's really come out of nowhere? Um, yeah, I think tentatively. I, I, I think I think level-headed Indians fans are really happy he's mm-hmm. he's provided as much as he has, given how long it had been since he was a productive major league pitcher. Um, no, exactly. for a little while there, I know a lot of people thought maybe he should be put into the bullpen. The Indians don't have a good lefty. Um, they have horrible mm-hmm. left-handed pitching out of the bullpen. They keep putting guys out there because I think, you know, Frank Kona, maybe like most managers, feels like you have to you have to have that that left-handed reliever. Um, yeah. Rich Hill has been miserable in that role. Nick Hagedon's been miserable in that role. Um, so at one point there was talk when Kashmir was struggling a little bit more, put him in the bullpen. Um, but you know now his last couple of starts he's looked good. Um, so I think tentatively people are buying into him. Um, mm-hmm. Corey Kluber has struggled a couple in his last couple starts, but he was great for most of June. He's actually the pitcher right. I think a lot of Indians fans are getting really excited about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll see if he can keep it up. I think you know his peripherals look great. Um, he's got a good strikeout rate. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. Um, right. So we'll see. I, I think a lot yeah, of people and would let like me to ask see you them about. Walk. I'm sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say, uh, uh, 
the Tigers fans were also, they were actually jealous when Terry Francona took the Indians job because there was a very vocal minority here in Detroit that don't like Jim Leland and want him fired, even though this has really been a golden area of Tigers baseball, much because Jim Leland, right. uh, you know, running the team, but he, he's also, you know, there, there's some issues with Leland that fans have and, you know, uh, no, that oh, I think in every city fans have the manager, but here in Detroit there is a very loud majority that wanted Terry Francona as the Tigers manager. So, uh, so what's you what's how's the tribe feeling with Francona running the team? Because uh, that had to be uh, one of probably the best news this franchise has had in a long time. Yeah, I, I people. I mean, since the day it happened, I think have been in love with that move. Um, before his name came up, Sandy Alomar was sort of seen as a front yeah. runner. He's been a coach here. And, you know, he's a really popular player with the team. Um, I don't think there's many people who could have come in and people would have been like, oh, yep, yeah, that's even better. But Francona absolutely was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's impossible to know what role he actually or what impact he actually had on the free agent signing. But there's at least the perception that guys like Swisher and Bourne were more drawn to the team because of that. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think there's a lot of confidence in his ability to play matchups really well. The Indians have a much, much better bench than they've had in a long time. Uh, Mike Avila yeah. has been a really solid backup who stepped into a starting role while Cabrera was hurt. Ryan Rayburn, who came over from you guys, I mean, he's a, oh, yeah. a disaster <laughs> for you guys, but he's really bounced back. Uh, you know, Jason Giambi can draw a walk or pop a ball out of the ballpark occasionally. Um, so I think there's a sense that he's a great manager to have good depth with because he's he's adept at putting the right lineup in at the right day. Um, so, I, yeah, I think he's done a lot to make Indians fans – you know, the last two years, the Indians were in first place in the middle of May, and uh, last year especially just totally fell apart. Um, right. So I think Francona goes a long way towards making Tribe fans feel like this year's team is different. Maybe not a playoff team, but not mm -hmm. a team that's going to fall apart and lose 90-some games either. Um, and it's nice to have him. You know, I don't know. I don't know how much difference most managers make. I, I feel like most managers are probably, you know, somewhere in the middle of not having a big impact for better or for worse. But Francona, I do think, is maybe one of the few that really does make a difference. Uh, and that, you know, for, for a small market team, any advantage you can get yeah. is a big, big yeah. deal. Yeah, and uh, and anything, if a guy like Francona brings a legitimacy to the locker room, and really that, I think, if you ask me, that's where managers make the biggest difference with the team franchises, how they run the locker room. And that's Jim Leland's uh, calling card. You know, he runs a great, great locker room to the point where right. he players are run through a wall for him. Now, we can all disagree with some of his on-field decision-making, but you cannot disagree with how a guy like Leland or Francona run their locker room and run their teams, and that's where they make yeah. their money. Yeah, I, that's how I feel, too. Uh, you know, even the decisions that drive you nuts on the field, they're mm -hmm. usually decisions almost every other manager would have made. Exactly. You know, a team drops down a bunch and you wish that. they'd swung. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the clubhouse stuff, and it's impossible to really know as an outsider, but certainly Francona and Leland both have that reputation. And I think, as you said, that's where they can really earn their keep. Um. So I think all-star voting's over. Do you care about the all-star mm -hmm. game at all? Not particularly, just to, just other than the idiotic fact that it counts, as they say, uh, <laughs> which could ultimately, you know, being the Tigers are one of our favorite to make the World Series. 
you know, that, that could, if they don't win the, the uh, American League doesn't win the game, obviously that means the Tigers uh, end up being a road team. And be honest, uh, it doesn't really bother me one way or the other who makes it, who doesn't, because really it's a popularity yeah. contest. It's, it's, it's an exhibition. It's not. It shouldn't count for anything. And it's a given Miguel Cabrera is going to be in the game. It's a given that Max Scherzer is going to make the game. Other than that, you know, Johnny Peralta will likely make it as a reserve just because of his offensive numbers at shortstop. Uh, you know, and Prince Fielder may end up making making a team because he's Prince Fielder. Even, you know, he's having a well, Prince Fielder like year. So, you know, it's, Leland will get some to guys name. Will make it, I don't remember uh, how many, but Leland will get to uh-huh. name a certain number of the players, right? Exactly. Yeah, he will. He will get to name some names. If the players don't a name a, say like a Peralta, he will make the team via Leland. Right. Yeah, I I feel the same way. The game shouldn't determine home field advantage, uh, and I don't lose any sleep over it. When I was younger, I used to get really worked up over who I thought was getting snubbed yeah, or things like exactly. that. And I've outgrown that. I still like watching the game. It's fun to see, you know, that many big players together. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, and, I, and I think it is. need to remember, it doesn't mean anything because Justin Verlander got shelled in last year's right. game. And people were panicking, oh, my God, what's the matter with Justin Verlander? And he went on to have a Cy Young quality year. So that pretty much says it all. Yeah. Um, All right, well, we're about out of time. Um, So you said 2-2 split in Cleveland this weekend. You'd be satisfied with it? I would be thrilled. I would be thrilled with a 2-2 split in Cleveland. I, you know, I just don't want to see a sweep. That's pretty – I'll put it that way. You know, even if the Tigers take one, they'll be fine. I'm not too uptight about it. About uh, as we said earlier, a, a series in early July, a split, they're golden. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'm 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 hoping the Indians can keep things interesting, and you know, especially with the second wild card now, something like that could maybe yeah. even come into play too. Um, it would be nice as an Indian fan. It would be nice to have a season where September rolls around and there's, you know, still something to be determined. And the yeah. Tigers. Well, let me I mean, warn there's, you. There's no though. chance let of them being out of it. Yeah, but let Sorry? me warn you as a as someone. Let me warn you as a person who has uh, dealt with a one game winner take all move on, as the Tigers <laughs> did at the Twins in, in 2009, as we infamously now call it Game 163. Losing that game will be if, if you do happen. It's like the wild card is pretty much a one game winner take all. Right. Losing that game is going to be so crushing to the fran- to the fan base whoever gets involved in that. So it's great that they have that extra, you know, that extra wild card thing. But damn, uh, luck can play so much of a role in that one freaking yeah. game between how injuries or how the rotation plays out, or, or just a freakish uh, bounce of the ball, or like in that when the Tigers lost to the Twins that year, Brandon Inge was hit by a pitch, wasn't called, you know, because it hit him in right. the jersey, yep, didn't hit him in the body. Game. You know, and so little things like that can really change a one-game playoff like that. So great as it is, say, for a team to get into that game, God, it, it is absolutely the most nerve-wracking kind of baseball out there. Uh, I don't even like to think about that game. Yeah, I mean, you think, I, I think if you're that second wild-card team, you're thrilled that that game exists. But if yeah, you're the first wild-card yeah. team, it's like, this is bogus. Why, why do we have to play this? And last <laughs> year, the, the Cardinals were the second wild-card team, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In any event, it's a one-game playoff is an absolute crapshoot. Um, yeah, but it, it at least expands the range of how many teams are somewhat in contention come September. And I feel like the more meaningful games you get to watch, the better. So we'll see how it goes. Exactly. 
Well, Al, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, I can't really oh. wish the Tigers good luck, but uh, <laughs> I won't wish them bad luck. I'll just say we'll see what happens. <laughs> that sounds good to me, Jason. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I hope to have you on again sometime. Thanks a lot. No problem, sir. All right, that was Al Beaton from Bless You Boys, a co-managing editor over there. Uh, that series starts tomorrow. Uh, as I said, I think actually by now the Indians are probably just getting underway in the series finale in Kansas City. They're half game back of the Tigers, so if they can win today, they'll be no worse off than that. And uh, and then we'll see what happens with Detroit. We've got uh, a 10-game homestand starting with this series against the Tigers. So it'll be four games with the Tigers running through Monday. And then the Blue Jays coming to town for three. And then the Royals for three before the All-Star break. Uh, hopefully with a 10-game homestand, the Indians can keep some momentum going and maybe be in first place at the break. That's all for this week. I will see you next time on Let's Talk Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.